Good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm State Senator L.G. Sims, and I have the honor and privilege of representing the 17th District in the Illinois State Senate. Uh, I want to thank all of you for joining us today for this very important discussion about the mental health of our youth during this pandemic. Uh, we often talk generally about how social distancing can take a toll on everyone, especially adults. But today we want to zero in and focus on how it affects our young people. I'm so pleased to have with us this evening Alexa James, the Executive Director of the National Alliance on Mental Health, uh, Mental Illness of Chicago. Uh, with her expertise, we can answer questions and address concerns about the mental health of our teens and young, adult, young adults. But I'm also glad to see some amazing young people who I've had the pleasure of talking with and getting to know uh, from our district who are with us here as well. I want to welcome Deja Garner, uh, Karina Rodriguez, and Walter Green. I want to thank them for giving, giving their time, energy, and talent to join in this so very helpful and necessary discussion. I look forward to hearing their stories right from, right from here, uh, right from where they are, and hear a little bit about more from Alexa and the work that NAMI is doing and the importance of this discussion. Uh, with that, I want to turn the, the, the mic over to Alexa to, to bring, some, bring some words of introduction. Alexa. Thank you so much, Senator Sims. This is great. Um, I'm so happy to be here um, with all of you and talking about something that is near and dear to my heart and something that I could talk about all day, every day, which I do, is mental health. Um, so NAMI is a mental health organization. We do not provide like direct service and we're not like therapists. We're clinicians, but we're not doing like direct therapy. So what we do at NAMI is really try to break down the stigma or the misunderstanding around mental health issues. You know, there's still a lot of people that are scared to identify as having mental health issues because they think that it's like a character flaw or something. It's certainly not the case. We are all experiencing a significant level of distress. Some of us are grieving in different ways and experiencing loss and sadness for the first time, or it is compounded, right? Like we've experienced so much grief before, and now it's getting even worse. And so the time to talk about mental health has been always, but the time to talk about mental health is really not now because we need to make sure that we are thinking about our mental health the same way that we're thinking about do we have enough masks? Do we have enough hand sanitizer? Are we socially distancing? The way we're thinking about physically making sure that we're safe, we have to spend that much time and energy thinking about our own mental health. And we have a lot of work to do. So I commend Senator Sims for his leadership in this space and for saying like to us, I really want to hear from the perspective of young people about what this feels like to be living in such an unbelievable time. So at NAMI, what we do is we link people to resources. Um, we think of wellness in like a very big way. The way that we get better for mental health issues is not just sitting in a therapist's office, although it's helpful, or not just taking medication. It's about connection. It's about feeling seen and heard and validated. It's about having stability in your housing. It's about making sure that you feel like you have a purpose, so a job or or um, parenting or taking care of folks. And we know right now all of that stuff is really complicated because as you said, as, as um, Karina, Karina, said, Karina said right before we started is, 
I need one last thing to worry about because this in of itself is plenty for to make us real anxious and worried all the time. So we're going to talk to these amazing young people about their experience. We're going to talk about what resources are available for you all who are listening because there are resources and getting help is super necessary and everyone's doing it. <laughs> the helpline is really, really busy. We've seen an increase in almost 300% call volume since COVID. So we got you and um, I'm happy to, to kind of be the clinical lens and in, in, um, adding any perspective from the mental health community. So thanks again. I think you're muted, my friend. There we go. Let me, let's uh, now let's uh, thanks so much, Alexa, for that. Uh, now let's hear from these amazing young people. Uh, you could tell us your age, grade, and your favorite way to pass the time while you've been social distancing. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, so I know we talked a little bit about this off camera. You know, I've been, you know, personally, I know I've been playing with playing uh, cards with uh, playing games with my, my wife and kids, uh, keeping up with our, our puppy, uh, you know, just enjoying, enjoying time with family and making sure we, we have some really quality time during this time together. So why don't we start with Karina? Why don't you tell us your age, your grade, and how you like to pass the time? Um, my name's Karina. I'm 18 years old, and I'm about to start my freshman year in college. Um, as far as for me, like passing time with quarantine, I'm probably either sleeping or cleaning my house. <laughs> or um, I do, like I said, I still um, have my job. My job is still open right now too. So I just been trying my best, but you know, I just finished the rest of my classes. Um, been trying to help my mom out around the house and taking care of my grandfather and all that. And my little brother as well. And that's about it okay. for me. All right, Walter. I'm Walter. I'm 15. I'm going into the junior year of high school. It's something I do to pass time. Um, over this COVID-19 pandemic, I'll, work, I'll either work out or FaceTime like my different my friends just to see how they're doing and to keep in contact so I can like kind of have a scene or a getaway from just all the news and things like that. Okay. All right. Deja, how about you? Um, okay. My name is Deja. Um, I attend Gwendolyn Brooks. I'm 16. And I will be going into my junior year. Um, so I kind of, I love to dance. So kind of getting my mind off of um, the quarantine and COVID, I dance, you know, just to relieve my stress because I am stressed out during this time. Um, being with my family really makes me happy too. Um, playing games, like you said, I like to play games with my family, you know, do little TikToks, do dances, you know, just... Everybody in my family, we kind of have kind of like different personalities. So when we do come together, it's kind of like, you know, like, okay, I'll see you. Well, you know, I can't see you. Um, so I do like being with my family and I do like doing little challenges on Instagram, you know, just keep, you know, just to keep my mind busy as well um, as just doing stuff that I never did before. You know, I know I, my eyebrows are horrible. So I went out, you know, and went to go buy stuff to, you know, make my eyebrows look pretty, you know, just stuff like that. Um, being more independent. So yeah. You know, and we and, and Daisy, we talked about that a little bit a little bit earlier about about being independent and developing that independence during this time. So what kind of strategies or did you enjoy and implore strategies during this time that will help that helped your mental health 
and helps you get through. So you you know you talked about things that occupy your mind, and mm-hmm. because a lot of a lot of those times, and Alexa talked about this earlier. A lot of times, the, the it's that social interaction that helps occupy your mind, and you've not had that direct outside of your family. So what kind of what kind of strategies or or other activities that, that, that have you have you kept in contact with your friends to so, help you pass the time? Yes. So I do kind of keep in contact with my friends. Um, I know my parents, I won't get to stay with them all day, but I would just at least kind of see their face, you know, still social distancing because I know I, I love people. Like I love to be around people. I really feed off people's energy. It just makes me happy. So this was really hard for me not to be able to you know see like the people I love, you know, and just to be around like my friends, which is family to me too. So I know, like you said, like, um, your children, um, FaceTime is my, literally my best friend. I, all I do is FaceTime, you know, just to get, you know, you know, some, how they're doing, you know, so. Walter, how about you? Um, there's this app called Calm. It's on the app store. Okay. And I like to listen to rain. It kind of calms me down and it's kind of my way of meditating to, you know, uh, make me feel let a little bit more sane during this and I will also FaceTime my friends like they just said and just to like talk to them and just to see how they're doing. That you know that that how about how about you, Karina? Um I wish I could say it's been the same for me. Like I mean I told you guys from the jump I'm gonna be straight up with you. Like I have depression and anxiety and being able to have distractions has always been like my only way of like coping as far as like when I start to feel a certain way because I'm not even gonna lie to you since I've been in quarantine I barely have seen anybody I buried my phone I don't really t- I don't really pick up my phone I don't really talk to nobody just because I'm not like like I had told you guys before like my high school year wasn't really good so now that I'm finally away from it now I'm kind of in a position where now I'm just looking back on the last four years of like unhappiness. <laughs> so I've been trying like nine times out of 10, like if I'm at work, I'm that's what I'm trying to do. Like I work at a bakery so and we're super busy all the time. So like, that's like my one thing, like if I can go to work, I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna just put my focus on all that right now. Or I really, music has helped me like a lot. I just bought myself a projector that does like stars all on my ceiling. So I'll put that on at night so that I'm not like up all night, like how I normally would be during like school and like listen to music and stuff like that. Music has a hundred percent been like, like my go-to as far as like trying to like burn time or if I'm not in a good mood, I'll try to, you know, just massage it out with the music <laughs> until, you know, the next day comes. No, you, you know, and it's, uh, and Alexa chime in here. If, if you, if you, if you, if you have some strategies also, you know, listening to having Walter, you know, saying at this young, young age that you found the calm app that yeah. that was that was that was that was it was great for me to hear you say that because i know that's something it took me a long time to even you know start to implore those kinds of strategies for myself mm-hmm. uh, but to know that you've done that and karina to hear you say that you know you you you, you recognize that you need an outlet uh and Deja, again it's the same for you say that you recognize you need those interactions that that, that that's important that, and that's why we wanted to have this conversation so we can help because I'm, I'm sure that there are many people who are in the in the same situation that you are in and having having to be able to help 
to identify those strategies and how you can then uh, find those outlets that help you through this very difficult time. That's going to be key. Alexa. Yeah. I just, I like, I, I ha- I'm not being patronizing. I'm like amazed. I have to tell you, I have been working at NAMI on and off for 10 years. I've been in the mental health space for 15 years People like this doesn't, this didn't happen 15 years ago. This didn't happen five years ago where somebody would just say, as a matter of fact, I've had depression and anxiety and own it. People just didn't like talk about their coping strategies unless coaxed. The fact that like this generation senator is talking about this so openly gives me so much hope. And we see this a lot when we're working with young people. You guys just don't carry the same amount of I mean, it's true. You guys just like, you're like, this is what it is. And you understand that mental health is just like physical health. So I have a few follow-up questions. And here's what I think is interesting. And and I I, I want people to hear this. So Deja talks about connection, that she's a relational person. So she really misses like physically being with people. So she's FaceTiming and she's dancing and she's connecting. I heard a lot of like connection. Like also we... I want to see your TikTok before this is over. <laughs> and, um, and Instagram. So her, she's really connecting. I think that that's like her self-care plan and she's doing it every day. Walter's talking about when I feel overwhelmed and anxious and Walter, I want to hear from you what that feels like to you, because I wonder if anxiety feels different to you than it does Karina. Um, you go, you use an app to help like calm your mind. So you're not ruminating, right? Because you need like peace and quiet where I am like the loudest noise in the world. Give it to me. Like that's how, right. And, and you're talking about the fact that like, this is how you manage, right? You manage by moving your body and processing through dance and like, that's important too. Every single person has their own way of managing and coping. And it is critically important to identify what works for you and when, and when you start to feel that trigger, how you can use it. That's how we're going to mitigate the power of the stress of this disease and this illness and what it's doing to affect our communities. So y'all are like so ahead of the game and make me feel like a little bit like I didn't know about anxiety Um, (laughs) would you guys share really briefly and then I know because I know the center has a lot of other questions for you just in a few words Walter what is what is your anxiety physically feel like or emotionally feel like for you when it comes on um it's kind of hard to explain but I would say that it feels like me being bored in a way or it's just like me I don't know it's like just me being bored and I feel like I need to get away and put my mind to something else instead of me being bored. So I yeah. listen to rain because I kind of like it when it rains, it makes me go to sleep. So it gives me like a little getaway from like the world. Okay. So like a little tension, a little like jump, like agitation, like you don't want to just be sitting there, mm-hmm, that feeling. What about for you? What does it feel like for you when you feel anxious? Oh man. Well, it just, for me, it just depends on like what's going through my head at the moment. But usually, normally, uh, it'll feel like I have somebody sitting on my chest. I feel like I can't breathe. That's where it usually it starts. And then I'll start shaking. Like my hands will be trembling really bad. And then um, I get, my body will start getting really hot. Like I'll feel like I got more clothes on than I do right now when really I'm I'm at the house I'm walking around in t-shirt and shorts every day but I I'll start feeling like I'm shaking I can't breathe I get really hot and then my mind starts the hurricane like all the thoughts and bad things good things what could happen what should have happened what could have changed like trust me it's 
I hate it. My first experience with depression and anxiety was in sixth grade. So it's something that I'm familiar with. It's obviously with somebody who works with people who have these types of problems, you can all, you, I'm pretty sure you have an idea as far as what I'm, where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for sharing that. I bet you it's super helpful for people who are listening. It's super helpful for me. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, that's you and you, you, you guys are so much farther along emotionally than 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 we were. Uh, you know, and I and I hate to I hate to sound like I'm big brothering you, but uh, you know, I, I really and like I said, I'm, I'm not, and I'm, I'm I'm really not trying to be patronizing at all. I mean, I'm I'm really amazed by you. The fact that you can embrace this and you are comfortable saying, okay, this is this is my reality, and I hope it helps somebody else. That, and that's that's really what this conversation is all about, making sure that we that we're helping other people. And I say I, I'm truly just amazed by you. But I do have some other questions. Um, you have let, let's uh, we, and we we'll, we'll chime in. I've got some. Uh, uh, so Alexa and I will can, can continue asking asking questions. I think my my uh, my staff person has some questions that she's been filtering through for us. Uh, do you have any tips to help young people? Uh, get through uh, the pandemic, especially with the summer coming right around the corner. Like a tip is to like not do it alone. You know, you can call your friends or you can talk to your parents or anybody that you trust so you can get over it or like express yourself to that person. Okay. Um, You can go. Okay. Um, I would like to say, um, don't think of the bad things, you know, just think about getting out. You know, that's what I tend to do. I like to put myself in certain situations so people can kind of understand. I know what I typically do is, you know, just say, you know what, Deja, think about the good things that's going on. You know, think about this. This is not going to last forever. You know, this is going to, you know, we can get through this. Pray about it. You know, just do certain stuff like that and just have a good mind. When I feel like when your mind is at ease, you're at ease. So don't overthink anything, you know. Just think about that this is a time for us to just sit back and relax and just kind of admire what we have. Take it next time, take advantage of, you know, what we have. Hmm. I mean, what? <laughs> like, I mean, okay. You are saying find gratitude and find hope. Mm -hmm. You're totally right that this, I I mean, you're like, this isn't going to last forever. You guys, this is a moment. Listen to this woman. She is very wise. This is a moment. (laughs) Find gratitude because it does center you. And I think that there's realness there. I don't think this is about being fake and being like, everything's fine because I have a job and like my parents are okay. This is about looking around and be like, what do I have? And holding on to that in these moments. Yes, preach mm-hmm. all the time, <laughs> and, 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 it, and it really is. And Deja, that is a that's a, that's a and both of you, those all three of you, those are very, you've made very profound statements. You know, it's you know, I, you know, as Deja, as you were just talking, I, you know, I just I just kept hearing "peace be still" in my in my head. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was it was it was just something that was so profound that you know you acknowledge that there is there is something bigger. You know, I would I would imagine that uh, folks who went through the Spanish flu in the earliest tw- early early twentieth century they felt like you know they didn't know when the other where the other side was 
and we we are experiencing some of the same things and we're trying to figure out where the other side is but to hear these these very profound statements from you they are they are they are warming my spirit Thank you know I, I let me let me say that uh to to all three of you 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 know you are courageous and you know, sharing with us uh your stories and you are helping people that you have no idea that you're helping so i i really appreciate that karina did you have something you want to say yeah i mean i you know thinking of what has been like said I, I, for me, the advice that I would give to somebody, if I, if I had to look at myself from another perspective, if I was another person talking to me, I would tell myself to just take it day by day and to remember that everything happens for a reason, that trial and tribulations, they, that builds character and wisdom as a person. And just to take the negativity and pain instead of letting it turn you into something you're not, to let it change you, to for you to use that as a platform to make yourself better and to just build off of it, be able to um, look at yourself and be able to say like, what do I have to do differently to make sure that I'm happy and what I can do to help the people around me to make sure that nobody feels the way that I feel and oh my goodness <laughs> so do, do you guys feel hopeful about or and, and maybe it changes day to day because I'll be honest I feel hopeful but I feel scared too about what's on the other side of this sometimes um for me I think I feel like knowing how advanced our country is like as, as crazy as the things that go on I do have hope that I know that our country I have the faith and trust to know that our our country is very advanced and I feel like with this situation it's going to be there's only two outcomes it's either going to be a bunch of people are going to get sick or the economy is going to end up um crashing so I I feel like you can't stop the inevitable. Americans, as people, we we adapt, and I feel like that's all we got to do is just you know stay strong and keep the confidence that we had before. I feel like, um, oh, okay. Okay. I feel like you have to stay hopeful because it has to get better one day. You know, it might not take; it may take a little bit longer than we think it's going to take, but. It has to get better one day. That's what I believe in, and that you can't go, you know, down anymore from how many deaths. And um, I, as far as me, I'm a really hopeful person. Like, I hate the, the feeling of being defeated. And so when I feel as if something's going to go well, I'm going to stick on that. I'm not going to give up. I know it's a lot going on. You know, a lot of people are getting really sick, but I know that, like, um, everything just happens for a reason. I know that we were put in this situation because we're strong enough to get through it, and that that's just how I feel. So, no matter you know how hard it is, I know that we can get through these hard obstacles and we can get through this pandemic. So, I'm going to continue to be hopeful, no matter how long it takes. I'm just going to always have in my head that. This will not last forever. And if it does last forever, we're going to find a way, you know, to be, you know, go back to how we were. I don't think that this would end, you know, everything. I just don't think that. 
And if I could jump in, we do have a question um, in the comments from a high school teacher who wants to know what are some good ways to approach a student who is having an anxiety attack during class as to not make it obvious to the other students? Maybe Alexa could take this one. Sure. It's a great question. So I think there's a few things, and I think that we're going to see a lot of this. There's going to there's going to be much higher rates of anxiety and panic and just fear. I think that a lot of people are just walking around with this like in survival mode as opposed to like trusting the world. It's just different. I mean, actually, we could talk about that, but a lot of communities have never trusted the world, so we could learn a lot from from communities who have been deinvested in, but. As far as if somebody's having an anxiety attack or a panic attack in a classroom and you don't want to out them, I think that I'd, I'd like to offer like a little bit of a reframing of that question. I think that if the culture of your school or your classroom is this is hard stuff and we're going to like things are going to come up for us at different times and teach people what triggers are. And if somebody in our space is feeling unsafe or anxious or scared, we're going to support them. And I, as the teacher will lead that. Right. So I think you just expectations that at the beginning of class or at the beginning of a school year, because the truth is if a student in your classroom was having an asthma attack, you wouldn't ask that same question. Right. <clears throat> and so we have to think about it the same way. Because if we do this thing where we're like trying to shield, we're saying there's something wrong with you here. I mean, right? I mean, that's obviously not how you feel, but we're communicating like there's something that we, we that maybe you should be embarrassed about here and we're going to try to shield you. So I think you start that conversation. And then should somebody in your classroom be symptomatic and you are able to say, you know, let's go take a walk, like let's get you some support. When they have calmed down, uh, a great conversation to have with them is when that happens again, what do you need from us? What do you need from your community? And do you want to use an opportunity to talk to your peers about what that may feel like for you? When most folks are experiencing high levels of anxiety, they don't want to be in closed spaces or around a lot of people or hear commands. People just want to be heard, soft tones, validated, and probably brought to a space where they feel like they can decompress a little bit. I think it's a huge opportunity um, to teach your students about compassion and empathy and metaphorically leaning in when people are experiencing a lot of overwhelming emotions. So I hope that answers your questions. We do a lot of trainings with students and teachers um, in Chicago and beyond. So if NAMI can be helpful, certainly reach out. Okay, awesome. Uh, here, I've got another question. Uh, and this, this is, a, this is a, a question where, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, loss that people have, ex has ex have experienced uh, when some certainly there have been a number of individuals who uh, have the, this, this virus has touched on a very, very personal level. Uh, so any advice for those who've lost someone during the pandemic and have had the means of traditional closure, such as going to the hospital to say goodbye? Or attending their funeral service. Anybody? I feel like a way that you can do it a loss is to like just to take time and like to get over it. Even though you're never going to get over it, it's just going to take a little bit of time, so you won't, you know, feel as bad as the years go on or like the days go on. So it's just going to take a little bit of time because with time comes a lot of wisdom and things like that. 
Um, that was kind of a little complicated question because, you know, everyone is different. Everyone deals with um, death differently. But I know for me, um, I know I hurt for a minute, but I also look at the good side about it. And I just say the same it's the same thing I said about my grandma that passed, that the supper is over. You're not suffering anymore. During COVID, I mean, it's it's hard, you know, and then if you do pass, that means you are suffering, you know. So, like I said again, just say, you know, the supper is over. You're in a better place now. And, of course, people will say, you know, there are better places here with us, but you wouldn't want, you know, your family member to suffer, you know, and be here. I feel like that's very selfish. So, think about the person that's hurting, you know, or that's suffering from COVID. So that's how I would take it. I mean, I would just add too that um, grief is super complicated and everyone grieves in a different way. And sometimes it will change you forever. Um, And that's okay. And you may never recover from the loss, um, but there are opportunities to build um, community around you and support and love around you so that you can manage the the pain. Um, Grief has many different stages and um, be thoughtful about who you create community with during this time, because it's really important that people just listen to you. You know, we never know what to say, right? It's like, do you say you're sorry? Do you say what Deja said? Do you say this? And sometimes it's just having people around you that say you are in so much pain and I'm going to sit with you in this, you know? Um, and I think we need more of that. And there is there is a lot of support in the grief community um, to process like the, the, how complicated it is. And there's layers, right? I mean, we're losing people and we can't say goodbye to them and we can't have proper um, burials for them and we can't be there at their bedside. And there's layers and layers of sadness that accompanies this. And it is completely normal to feel grief stricken. Um, but there are resources so that we don't lose you too in that um, because um, it is so painful and we're not that great at sitting with pain. So there are resources for you and you mourn how you want to mourn, but this is really hard stuff. Alexa. And let me, let me, let me play on, on the resources for a moment or piggyback on that for a moment. How, how does telehealth play into this, the ability to get uh, support during a time like that? So what, what could, can you talk about that for a little bit and talk about those kinds of services? Sure, absolutely. So um, you guys probably, when we think of therapy, you think of that like traditional, like you come in, you sit on the couch or whatever, and you have a conversation. Um, now there is more more access to teletherapy where we're either like video talking to each other or we're just on the phone. It doesn't have to be video conferencing. And your insurance, for the most part, Senator, we'll have to talk about that offline. So for the most part, be covering these services. So in 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 a way, services are more accessible 
people now because they can do it from the comfort of their own home. Um, I, I'll, I'll set expectations though, because I always want to be real with you because we know that when people walk into the mental health community for the first time, and if they don't have a good experience, they are not going to come back. And so let's level set. And maybe Karina can talk about this a little bit if she has seen or is seen a, currently seen a therapist for her anxiety and depression. Finding a good therapist is the most important. You have to have rapport. It's like, I think I said this to Senator Sims, it's like dating, but it's more complicated because nobody's buying you dinner or like, you know, sending you sweet nothings, but it's, you really have to have that therapeutic relationship, right? And, and we know this, this is all relational based. So this is like kind of shopping around and you're interviewing them. You are, you are asking for a service. And so you're going to ask questions like, if I said this to you, what would you say? Um, are you more of an active listener or do you provide feedback um, and advice? Because um, some people don't want that. They just want to be heard. Um, do I prefer a man or a woman? And the other thing to think about is, do you feel safe doing therapy in your home? And what I mean is, do you have enough privacy? So some people don't have enough privacy to like have those serious conversations. And how do we work that out? So there are some text lines, too, that we can link people with. But finding a clinician, it, it can be um, a journey. But we are certainly, what NAMI does is we act as that, like, um, partner with you to help you find somebody who makes the most sense for you. And, and there are a lot of clinicians who will even do this stuff for free and volunteering right now because they um, want so much to make impact in the world. So you can do it over the telephone. The telephone. I'm, like, an 80-year-old person. Like, like, when was the last time your telephone looked like? Like this and um or you can um do it video um or there's also opportunities to to text as well and your insurance should for the most part cover it well thank you thank you thank you uh also you know i i'm i'm curious to and we we've talked a lot about um your experience uh, to our young people what do you what do you see when you get to the other side of this? How do you when you, and we talked a lot about being thankful for, you know, the things that you had, the experience that you had. How might life be different when we get on the other side? I definitely I think school is going to be probably the most different. I've seen things on social media, like just the changes that they're trying to make. And um, I'm kind of worried about my volleyball scholarship because if we're going to be doing online schooling, I don't know how the school is going to do, you know, a whole season like of a sport. But I honestly, I feel like, again, everything happens for a reason. I feel like looking at from like a God's um, standpoint, I do feel like this was kind of like the earth's almost like their wake up call, like showing that we need to do things differently. We need to take care of the earth better. And hopefully people will take this time to show like, man, us staying in the crib kind of helped the earth get a little bit better or showing like how much we're, everybody's consumed by like their daily life with like work. And like, I feel like now is a time to just take your time to really appreciate your family and the loved ones that you have so that by the time when you guys get out, you know, you're, you're kicking it with the same people that you started the quarantine with. Okay. All right. Walter, what do you think? I feel like after all of this is over, um, people want to take a lot of things for granted. For example, like going outside or like hanging out with your relatives and friends because you seen what you missed while you're on quarantine. And now you get to, you know, talk to your friends outside and be together and be a whole unit 
but without that, you know, in this quarantine, you know that you take a lot of things for granted. For example, going outside or playing with your friends, playing basketball and doing things like that, from my standpoint. Um, so it's kind of a lot of things that I would say. Um, one, I know when everything, you know, opens back up, um, I know it has, I have learned not to be so dependent on people now. So now what kind of do, I could do kind of, you know, what I want because I know how to do it. I don't have to rely on somebody else. Um, it's going, it's, this really showed me that I did take things for granted. Just like seeing my grandmother, um, I know she, she's in, um, the senior citizen home and you know, now that, um, you can't go and see them, you know, so, I really never went to, well, I saw my grandma a lot, but I didn't see her as much as I kind of wanted to. So now me not seeing her, well, not knowing that I'm not able to see her, it kind of hurt me a little bit. So I know I'm going to take more time and kind of just hang with my grandmother, you know, while she's still living because she is getting a little older. So I know I took that for granted. Um, like Walsh said, just going outside, just ha- like just being outside and going downtown, kicking it with my friends. You know, I know I took that for granted for sure. Um, eating, just just different things. Like I know my family, we kind of go out and like explore different things, you know, to always just have the experience. And now I can't do that. You know, I can't go to Chinatown and get something to eat. I can't go and like you know try Mediterranean food I can't go and do that because of this so now when everything does open up I'm gonna be open to trying new things because I can't do that right now yeah I think that what what this experience is pushing and you mentioned that about your eyebrows which is funny but it's so true is that we um typically just generally as humans don't like to be uncomfortable we don't like to do participate in things that we're not like super good at. Um, mm-hmm. right. And this is forcing us to do it. You know, um, I am like a big fitness person. I heard you say earlier, you can't wait till the gyms are open. I like love group fitness. And now I'm riding a bike a lot or running with a mask or like doing yoga with my kids, which, you know, is interesting. Um, <laughs> nails, which is interesting. Right. And those are silly things, but, but really like pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, I think is so important. And I think hopefully on the other side of this to, you know, also answer your question, we're going to learn, like, there's a lot that we can do. And remember, you know, the reason we don't engage in things that make us uncomfortable has nothing to do with our own ability to do them or our own creativity. It is because we can't handle the emotion on the other side if we fail. And so remember and take that into consideration, all the things that you have done and withstood that you've never thought if somebody said you can't see your friends for four months, you know, that you've been able to do and that you handled it and you're here and you're doing it with grace. Um, even though once in a while we have tantrums and this is hard, I think it's something that we all need to remind ourselves when the next thing happens, it's hard, whether it's a school project or a breakup or uh, a real big disappointment that like, let's feel it and let's like get through it and really feel it and then have growth on the other side. I yeah. think that's great. And we, we do have a question in the comments from, uh, I believe Blanca Campos. Um, 
we have a few questions. All right, what are some coping tools you have found helpful? I mean, we touched a bit on this earlier, but just so that she can, um, you know, hear a little bit more about that. What are some coping tools you have found helpful and that you would recommend to your peers? Um, um, I can start off. Try things that you have never tried before. That's one thing. Once you do it, it's like you kind of learn your talents through this. So, you know, be open to trying new things. Um, try doing things that you rely on others to do. Um, <clears throat> find, you know, that thing. Yeah, just being open to trying new things. And, um, yeah, like Miss Alexa said, um, you know, deal with the emotion. If you If you can't do it deal with it you know find something else you know but you have to learn how to you know try something fail at it try again then maybe succeed you know so just keep trying and I know during this time you have nothing but time so you know keep trying or find a new thing so yeah okay well, I like that I said before there's this app called Calm and like you can listen to like various sounds or like waterfalls and things like that and that's a good way to cope and like just to take your mind off of things like that. For me personally, um, my first like first couple of weeks of quarantine, my go to was writing. Um, I would it, it wouldn't just be like regular poetry the way that I do it. I'll have it to where I'll put my how my emotions, how I feel and I'll make it out into like something that sounds poetic. When you read it, it sounds poetic. Um, if I feel like writing is not helping me, then sometimes you just gotta put the headphones in and sit in your room and just really think about, you know, what you can do to better yourself, what you can do so you don't feel the way that you feel. If you feel like that's not working, sometimes like maybe you gotta go work out, maybe you gotta go take a run or maybe you just gotta take a walk. Um, I've also told friends like, I mean, like simple stuff like watching movies or um, just putting anything to take your mind off of the nonsense or animosity or whatever you want to call it that goes through somebody's head. Like find a distraction. You're at home. You can play a game. You can. There, there's so many. I know people can get creative. There's people making TikToks. There's all different types of things that you can do to try to distract yourself. Even if you're in a mindset where you don't want to be bothered with trying to do some type of coping mechanism, like want more for yourself. Be be able to stand up for yourself and say, oh, no, I'm not going to continue to do the same thing every single day and keep feeling like this. Like you want to build yourself as a person at the end of the day. Um, can I say just one more thing? Um I um I actually have a lash business that I do, but you know, over the time I couldn't like do individual lashes. So um I was just looking at some stuff on, on YouTube and I just saw bottom lashes and I'm like, Well, I have nothing <laughs> to time, so, so let me learn how to do some bottom lashes. So I learned how to do it and stuff like that, and I'm really proud of myself, you know. Um I learned how to do it, so that's okay. one thing. You know, and it, uh, there is there there are a couple of apps that um, that you can use, and the, the, our our smartphones can be very useful. You know, there's a there's an app called Journal uh, that you can you can you can do journaling every day, and you can uh, divide yourself uh, divide each day or into a topic. You can it it'll, it'll set a reminder for you to if it, it say it's time to write down your thoughts. 
so th- those are I, to hear again here that you are that the three of you are in a space and in a place where you are, you are so advanced emotionally and you are doing these activities that help you to grow and help you to cope. And that's, that's so refreshing for me. I know we keep saying that over and over again, but it really is refreshing to hear that you are that you are finding these coping mechanisms this early on because it it will be helpful for you as you get older because life is going to get more difficult the challenges that you face are going to be you know be multiple you're gonna have multiple challenges you know you may have a challenge at work uh, on, on one hand and a challenge in your in your personal life and then a challenge at home with the kids and bills and you know, there, there are going to be a lot of different challenges coming at you not you don't have those now but they're going to intensify as you as you grow older and having those coping skills are going to they're, they're, they're great for your mental health, your long term mental health. So it's good to, to hear you all say these things now. Uh, but I'm, I'm also wondering Senator has another question. Oh, I'm sorry, Senator. I'm also wondering if there is are there are activities that you, that this uh, that the stay at home has 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 allowed you to think about maybe civic activities you've you've watched things uh, as you've watched the news or you've read things online now there there are activities that you want to engage in when we get on the other side of of the of the stay-at-home order that you want to engage in do you want to you know is there a particular issue karina you mentioned a couple times about the health of the, of the planet there's something you want to do environmentally and you know walter you've mentioned a couple times about about sports is there something you want to get involved in on mentoring and deja you've mentioned a couple times about you know the work that you've done do you want to do something on small business are there areas that you want to get involved in when you get out out of this stay-at-home order that will help you to continue to broaden your horizons um personally me yes um with my business, um, this time has kind of allowed me to just sit back and think about the business and like go more into depth about being more successful and making my business much better. So I had more time to just focus on business, which is well. Um, but when out when outside really does open up, I know I'm going to be ready to go. Um, I'm actually working on my website now, you know. So. It just it's just giving me a lot of time to kind of do the things that I haven't been been able to do because of schoolwork and other things as well as dancing too. Um, I have nothing but time to learn new moves, so I do need to kind of work on my dancing because like like I said, I have nothing but time. So I mean, I do do schoolwork, but I kind of got that down packed now. So it's just um, dancing, you know, learn some new stuff because you know I just need to do that. Okay. Walter? Um, maybe like after I can like get a job working like at the YMCA or something and like help teach kids like little kids how to play basketball and like the fundamentals and things like that you know so they can get better because I know like when I was younger I would like appreciate like the older guys like the seniors and juniors that would help me play basketball and like teach me how to play basketball and learn the fundamentals and things like that so that could be a one thing that I can you know get into and help out for more than just mentoring and to help out the community in a little way. Okay. Karina? I want to be happy. That's what I want to (laughs) be. I feel like um, these four years, (laughs) these four years, man, they've 
took a really big mental toll on me with high school. And now that I finally have the breathing room that I finally have been like craving for so long, I think right now I just want I want to be happy. I want to I want to be happy with myself. I don't feel like I want to be happy with somebody else. Like I want to be I want to be I want to be the old me. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to be how I was when I was young. I want to be happy. Obviously, I want to, not to say I want to be careless, but to feel like life is just great. Like I feel like right now I'm not I you know everybody has a past. Everybody has you know, stuff that they've been through and a lot of people, you know, deal with that in a certain different ways or I guess grief, coping mechanism, things like that. Like right now, I just really want to be happy. Sure. Absolutely. Well, well and that's, and we want nothing more for <laughs> We want nothing more for all of you uh, to be happy. And that, again, you know, this, it is amazing that, that you are able to share, share that, that emo- those emotions with us. Uh, I think Krista had another question for us. Okay. So we had one concerning the summer. Um, John Williams said, how is this time we are going through affecting your sense of time, sleep, schedule? How are youth planning to spend their time and energy this summer? Um, I would like to start. (laughs) I know. (laughs) that my sleep schedule is not the best, but I don't let it get too out of hand, you know, like, but I know for the summer, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be in the house. I know that for sure. I'm still going to be cautious. Of, of course, you know, you know, keep my mask on, you know, still social distance, but I just want to be outside and just see everything. I'm really, a, and just be with my friends, you know, I'm really a person that loves to be around people. I want to be around my family, my big family, you know, I just want to be like, I don't know. I really feed off of like fun and people. So I know I won't be in the house for too long. You know, I'm not a house person. I cannot sit down. I can't sit down. I just love to move, you know. So this was hard for me to stay in in the house, you know, with family that I do love tremendously. But it's just like, you know, I don't want to be around you guys all the time. I want to see my friends. I want to see my other family members, you know. So, yeah, I'm going to be outside, you know, but still social distancing and still, you know, following the protocol that, you know, our mayor has put out. So. Okay. Um, I feel like my sleep schedule is way off since this quarantine. My, like, bedtime is like 4 o'clock in the morning. And I know that's really not good, but it's just been like, I don't know, I've just been bored and I've just been watching movies all night. But I feel like that shit over the summer is going to really get better because I need to, you know, train my mind to get up and be productive more in the day. So I feel like that's like my input on that. Karina? For this summer, I definitely have some personal goals that I want to accomplish. I want to get my, finally get my driver's license. I want to get a car. Um, I, I feel like I want to use this summer to really try to focus on myself again, like try to better myself and 
prepare myself for the next step of life since I just graduated and we're going to be going into like college and trying to, another one of my main goals is I want to gain my self-confidence back on the volleyball court because I lost that a long time ago. (laughs) I definitely, I definitely want to gain my confidence back. I want to get myself back. So, Chris, do you have, did you have another one? Uh, we don't have me, any let me, more uh, questions. Let me, oh, go ahead. Why not? Let me, uh, let me say, let me say this. Krista just did just send me a note uh, that in the comments on on our Facebook Live, people are showering the three of you with so much love and support. <laughs> they are wrapping their arms around you and they are thanking all of you for your vulnerability, Karina. That people are are loving on you and your transparency <laughs> for being so open and honest. And Deja, and people are just saying the, the amazing things about you for your your forthrightness. And Walter, people are loving your steady, cool confidence. Uh, they they are they are just showering three of you with so much love and support. And I, I want you all to know that you know you are part of this larger village. And we 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 the the folks who are who came before you, we, we love, we love the, we love you. We're loving on you. And we want to make sure that you have uh, supports and you have, you know, experiences that we didn't have. And we see, we see in you the best of where we're going. And I think that's the, the, the comments are showing that. So I, I'm just so pleased uh, that, that folks see the same thing that Alexis and I are seeing in the three of you. Uh, and how, how how transparent you're being, and how forthright you're being with us, and just be sharing yourselves because it's not it's not easy. This is not easy, but you're you're being great, Lex. I'm sorry, I think I cut you off. No, no, I I mean I know we're running out of time, so I just want to say thank you. I mean I hope you guys continue to have these conversations with your colleagues, with your colleagues. Oh my God, I came from like 800 Zoom meetings today with your peers, with your friends, with your family. You know, Deja, you're going to go back and you're going to be outside and you're going to see your friends and it's going to be full of joy, but it's also going to be, there's going to be some weirdness, right? There's going to be something that feels different, maybe. I don't know. I hope not. But right, it's just going to, there's just, the world is just going to be different. And so I think we have to be really fair to ourselves and remind ourselves that things may change and get better. But if there's something that we gotta, we're gonna have to accommodate, like some newness. And so open these conversations with your friends. Don't just have these with these town halls, right? Like continue and remind your friends that there are places to reach out. You guys can always call 833-NAMI-SHY. That's our number. Um, we can post it in the comments. Maybe Krista can post it up there. We're free. It's totally confidential. We're open seven days a week. Um, and the last thing I would say is this. This was such a privilege, but um, we, you guys asked, or somebody asked about coping, which is so important. And Senator Sims talked about having strong coping skills are so critically important um, always, especially when you're when more gets added to your plate. I would just add this, that coping and healing are different. Coping is managing. I can cope with like a few glasses of wine, right? And kind of forget about my day. That's coping. But am I really dealing with my issues? Like, why am I hiding from them? So think about like, how are you healing, right? I mean, you guys all said the same things. Like, I want to get my confidence. Like, how am I healing? And remember that coping strategies or these healing strategies also don't have to be active. They can be deactivating. 
they can be giving something up. Like I stopped watching the news. Um, so this can be not doing something that doesn't make you feel good anymore. And that's critically important because you guys deserve to feel well. Um, you deserve to be around people to help them feel well. And really, I consider you guys like first responders. You guys keep this up in this conversation. You can really heal community. So this has been such a privilege. Thank you so much for um, inviting me to be a part of it. Absolutely. But Alexa, we want to you know thank you. Uh, we truly appreciate you squeezing us into your very, very busy schedule. Uh, and I, I cannot thank you three young people, amazing young people enough, uh, Karina, Walter, Deja, you know, for agreeing to do this, your, your vulnerability, your honesty, you know, I, I know it wasn't easy, but uh, when you, you are helping someone who's struggling during this very difficult time and you don't even know it. So I, I really appreciate each of you for doing it. Uh, it, to say this was a great conversation. I hope that it is certainly not the last time we have one of these conversations. I know I, I would expect to see uh, a couple of you as interns in my office uh, very soon coming up here, uh, working on issues that, that we've talked about here today and, and others. Um, but, you know, and I, and I just want to make sure that you know how much we truly appreciate you and you for being here. Uh, and last but certainly not least, I want to thank uh, everyone who tuned in. Uh, I hope that something was said today that will help all of us or help you get through this time of social distancing uh, because it's important. We want to make sure that we are, are healthy and well, and that starts with our mental health. Uh, this time next week, Alex and I will be hosting another, uh, another Facebook Live again to talk about the mental health of parents uh, because they face their own unique struggles and, and challenges as well. So we hope our parents will tune in and have their questions ready uh, next week. Uh, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Karina, Walter, Deja. Uh, this was an amazing uh, conversation with you. Any any last words before we go? We're running out of time. But any last words? Um, I just would like to say um, I thank you for this opportunity. Um, this really means a lot to me. So I do thank that. And Karina, Walter, if you guys do want to kind of talk offline about, you know, just not only about the COVID, but just, you know, just about life, that would be good. I mean, I know I would like to. I am like a kind of open person friendly, too. So um, if you guys do want to talk offline, I mean, that's fine with me. Absolutely. I'm very appreciative of the opportunity that you gave us to speak with you and be able to have this conversation. Definitely. I'd like to thank you for having us and for, you know, creating this platform for us to express our word and to see and to say how we feel about everything that's going on. Yes, sir. Well, again, I, all three of you, I say you've got my, my contact information. So you, I, I, I want to make sure that we stay in contact uh, because I you say you are, you are three amazing young people. And I, I know you're going to do some amazing things in this world. So again, we appreciate you being here and joining us, Alexa. Thanks, sir. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to be here. And thanks, everybody, for joining us. This has been a great conversation. All right. Have a good evening.